Good evening everybody. Uh, it's November 7th, 2016. My name is Shemaine Linney. I am owner of Shemaine's Model Help and tonight my podcast topic will be about sleep. I've gotten several questions here from clients and people I work with um, regarding sleep and there's a lot to cover when it comes to sleep. It's one of my favorite topics um, and I would like to think that I practice sleep quite well I'm sure we all would but there are a few things that we may not be aware of and then a few um, awesome hacks that we can do to just improve our quality of sleep so I may do this as a two-part podcast because there is a lot to take in for sleep and in my opinion it is definitely one of those um underrated topics when it comes to health that not enough people are aware of it or talk about it so I think um, we'll break this up into two podcasts so you can consume and absorb the information in this one and then move on to the next one so I'm going to sleep is one of my favorite topics to talk about Um, it benefits your health and it plays such a big part in your health Um, And not many people are aware, they think that you just go asleep to recharge your batteries so that you have energy to go about your business the next day and so on and so on. But this is not actually true. Sleep is so much more. Sleep is actually an anabolic state and what that means is it's our growth and repair state so when we fall asleep or when we sleep that's when our body does its major cleaning up and repairs and growth of new muscles and tissues and whatever else needs to be done when we go asleep that's when we release human growth hormones so for instance if I did a heavy training session in the gym and a lot of people think okay I'm gonna go home now and I'm gonna have my nutrient dense meal and my protein I'm gonna sit down and relax and during that time my body will be building new muscle well that's not actually true when you go asleep that's when your body does the repairing and grows the new muscle um, because the human growth hormone that's when we release it and it gets all the little bits that it needs to do done there so sleep is obviously very important um, in that sense then when it comes to your brain so whatever you've learned today or you learn from this podcast you don't actually store or memorize until you fall asleep when we fall asleep what happens is our brain can shrink up to 60 percent and this allows our glymphatic system so that's the system that cleans and flushes out toxins out of our brain um, to go ahead and do its work and I kind of like to think of it as like little road sweepers they go in there and they clean in between all our brain cells take out any toxins and waste and whatever else needs to be removed and then stores all the essential information that we've taken in um, while we sleep basically so uh, sleep two very important points there you've got your growth and you've got your brain health so I mean if that's not enough to make you want to sleep properly then I don't know what is. So it's not about sleeping more. It's about sleeping better. 
So there's a few no-nos and there's a few yeses. So I'm just going to move on really quickly to the questions um, and then I'll go into more detail on what you should and shouldn't do. So uh, firstly, I got a question on how many hours are best to sleep each night? Okay, well, we've all heard that um, you want to be aiming for eight hours sleep a night. Um, in a sense, that was a figure that was thrown out there. So we want to be going for the optimal amount of sleep that's going to benefit us. And that um, can vary from person to person. And it definitely varies on what time you get to sleep at. So I try to aim for six hours of sleep a night. Um, and this means that I'm getting four full cycles of REM sleep in. So REM sleep is generally 90 minutes and I try not to break it up that I might get say three and a half REMs. Um, I go for the full four. So um, by doing that at least I'm getting my full cycles because studies have shown that when we break up these cycles that's where we're not getting our quality and that's where sleep is interrupted and it spills over into the next day where we then would experience fatigue and headaches and not be able to focus and so on and so on. So REM sleep is very important that you get into good REM sleep so right into your deep sleep um, where that is where most of the repairing is done in your body. Um, there's many different stages of sleep which I will go into on the next podcast but ideally if you're going for any sort of sleep, um, you want to be going for them full 90 minutes at a time. So um, if you're going for the six hour, the 90 minutes, um, and then maybe you would go for seven and a half hours if you needed a bit longer. It does vary from person to person. Um, and optimally, going to sleep studies have shown and I would I definitely would practice this myself and I would expect my clients um, people I work with to practice this too that the optimal hours for getting the most repair and regenerative effects are getting to bed between 10 p.m. and 12 p.m. at night. So uh, studies have shown that actually when we sleep within them two hours we get double the restorative effects than when we sleep for the other hours. So like you're getting a double dose of human growth hormone and repairs and regeneration and everything else within them two hours. So I try to get to bed at 10 o'clock at night. And yes, that means I'm up at 4 a.m. I usually would try to get up. So that six hours gives me my four blocks of 90 minute room sleep. So getting to bed between 10 to 12 and aiming for between six to eight hours sleep and that varies from person to person um but that then leads into my next question which was does everyone need the same amount of sleep and no some people will work better on short amounts of sleep and some people need that little bit more sleep um and there is an a quiz an awesome quiz that you can try out um, and this will just tell you what type of um, sleeper you are 
or basically it's your chronotype so it'll tell you if you're a morning person or if you're a night owl um, and the name of that quiz is thepowerofwhenquiz.com so you can check that out and it tells you all the different chronotypes between um, it pairs you up with an animal, so dolphin, lion, bear, and wolf, and that will tell you um, if you're better, if you get more productive stuff done at night, or if you're better getting up early in the morning. Um, so, no, not everyone needs the same amount of sleep. Some people, depending as well on their sleep quality, need more, but then if you've got a lot of great sleep quality, um, then you can run on less like I've heard of people running very well on two hours sleep a night and they do practice some hacks that um, are very unorthodox to me and I'm not sure if I want to try them like sleeping with your legs up in the air um, and your hips up against the wall just some strange stuff like that um, it seems a bit uncomfortable to me but anyway so our next um, question is how does sleep affect weight loss? Um, so this is kind of a black and white question for me. Sleep is a huge player in weight loss. For one, the longer you sleep, the longer you are asleep, the less hours you're awake eating. So that's, that's an obvious. Um, but that doesn't mean you want to sleep longer either. When, you're, when you wake up, if you haven't had a good night of quality sleep, then all day long your body is going to be searching for that energy fix or that quick fix of caffeine or sugar. Um, and your brain, because of the, the age that we live in in society, if you've ever had ice cream or chocolate or carbs or anything before, your brain remembers that and it remembers the effects. And your brain will remember that, um, oh, there is something close by. And if I eat this, I'm going to get a quick boost of sugar. Your brain actually uses up most of the energy. Um, so your brain is constantly, if you're exhausted, it's constantly looking for this quick fix of energy. And if it knows that, hey, on Friday we bought some uh, chips and chocolate and they're over there in the press, then your brain is going to be not that you'll know it, subconsciously pushing you over towards um, the press where the chocolate and the chips are or the bread or the cakes or whatever. So it's going to increase these cravings and this desire for a quick fix of energy. But also when we're fatigued, when we're tired, our brain will release hormones um, the hunger hormone, which is the ghrelin hormone, um, our brain will release that a lot more, making you think that you're hungrier because then that goes back to your brain constantly looking for energy to get you through the day. So you've got this constant feeling of not only you're craving quick sugar fixes, but you've got a hunger feeling um, all the time because 
we like to think that we're in charge of our brain, but really our brain and our mind are in charge of us and they're sending signals to us all the time. And sometimes those signals are a lot stronger than our willpower. So making sure that you're getting a good quality night's sleep is gonna be a big player in your weight loss. There's many studies out there about people getting a good night's sleep, um, losing like 50% more body fat than their counterparts that maybe didn't get a good quality night's sleep. Um, then there's also studies showing that when we don't get a good night's sleep and we're not totally regenerated, that then there is an increase in our stress or our cortisol levels, so our stress hormone levels. Um, and of course, we know that our stress hormones or cortisol make us store extra body fat for an emergency. Um, and this goes back to thousands of years of genetics. Um, the same thing as I've spoke about before happens when you do long stretches of high impact running or cardio, this stress hormone is released and therefore actually causes you to store more body fat than actually burn it. Um, so many things come into play with getting a good night's sleep. Um, like keeping your room cool, maybe keeping the window open a little bit, um, keeping the room as dark as you can get it, having no lights whatsoever, not even the little red alarm clock, no light whatsoever in your room, because not many people are aware that we actually absorb a lot of light through our skin and through our ears. So even if your eyes are closed and you think the room is dark, that one spot of red light or green light on your alarm clock is affecting you. You are uptaking that as light, so you're not getting your full release of melatonin. Any sort of interference from light is going to affect your release of melatonin. Um, then also there's... So I, I make sure that my clients, I do insist that everyone puts their phones and their laptops and their tablets and everything outside of their bedroom. I know you say it's your alarm clock, but you can get an old school alarm clock or when your alarm goes off outside your room, you could just get up to turn it off and then look, you're already up. So problem solved. But it makes such a big difference. When I ask my clients to do this, just putting their phone outside the room makes such a difference. Especially like when people get up during the night to use the bathroom and they look at their phone. So that quick looking at your phone, Facebook does not need you at two o'clock in the morning. Anyone, generally anyone that's important to you is in the same house as you. And if it was a family member, they were probably going to ring or you'd know all about it. Facebook and Instagram does not need you at two or three in the morning. So if you do get up to use the bathroom, there's no need for you to look at your phone. So leaving that phone outside your bedroom is a good idea. Getting all those electromagnetic waves out of your room um, is a good idea because it again we absorb them right through our skin um, so what else putting a plant I like to put, get my clients to put a plant a green plant in their room because this recycles the oxygen as well these plants filter out the oxygen so that is a great idea um, uh, there's a lot more melatonin 
um, tablets and sleeping tablets are a huge no-no like melatonin is going to probably make your release of melatonin even worse and then there's plenty of studies about sleep tablets increasing your chance of debt and other awful things so there are no we especially when there's so many other natural solutions that we can do out there um i got another uh two questions here which kind of line up with each other so this one is um my husband holds his breath at night um and then the other one was they these i'll say together because they go hand in hand the other was i often get up at night to use the bathroom and then struggle to get back to sleep um for one in an ideal world we don't want to get up at all during the night to pee um but this will depend on your diet if you've had a day of like really no or low carbohydrates then you're you've got less absorption of the fluid so yes you will probably need to get up during the night to pee and that's actual to use the bathroom that your bladder is full from the liquids throughout the day uh, especially if you're trying to like meet a certain target or uptake of water that day um, if there's no carbohydrates there your bladder is going to fill up a lot quicker but also there is a condition called nocturia and that is when someone gets up to pee during the night uh, once or twice or even more. This can be associated with sleep apnea. Sleep apnea is where people will hold their breath or stop breathing for a couple of seconds and some people even a few minutes while they're asleep. Uh, so some of the symptoms of sleep apnea would include snoring, daytime fatigue, um, obviously someone witnessing you, usually a partner witnessing you that you hold your breath or you stop breathing at night. Uh, insomnia, which many people think is not being able to sleep at all. Insomnia is actually frequent nighttime awakenings. So you do sleep but you wake up a lot. Um, Gasping or choking, dry mouth, heartburn, night sweats, bruxism, which is grinding your teeth at night. So a lot of people do this. Um, headaches, especially in the morning, mood problems, and there's a few more. Um, a lot of studies have shown that consuming an excessive amount of carbohydrates and alcohol as well, can contribute to sleep apnea. Like studies have shown that um, patients that eliminated carbohydrates for a specific amount of time from their diets did help um, a great amount with their sleep apnea. So that might be something for you to look into. Uh, I am going to do a second podcast um, on a bit more detail. But what I wanted to just give you a couple of tips on my favorite one teas because I'm notorious for tea to help you get asleep. So the first would be chamomile and everyone has seen or heard about chamomile and it's definitely the superstar of getting you to sleep. So helping you drift off and just relax. Um, so you can get chamomile generally in all health stores. So that's it's a good drink to relax too in the evening while reading a book or whatever you're doing. Um, 
Valerian is also another one. So um, this this specific herb or plant has been found to have sedative properties. So you can get this in the tea form as well. Um, and then the same as chamomile, just having that uh, an hour or 30 minutes before bed to calm you down. Lavender. Back to the plants in your bedroom. Lavender is another great option of a plant to put in your bedroom, and especially for children. If you have children that have sleep issues, putting a lavender plant or even some lavender oil around their room is going to help them just calm down and drift off to sleep a lot better. But yeah, you can get lavender tea too. But uh, the plant would be my preferred option for that because lavender tea doesn't taste great to me. Uh, peppermint. Um, peppermint has been shown to help calm your internal organs and systems and also your mind. So for some people that peppermint scent can be very soothing and calming so um, it also helps with digestion so if you're having a bit of issue with your digestion or just had a heavy meal then that peppermint is going to help with your digestion and then help you get off to sleep as well um, another one I like is cava cava um, some people um, do not respond well to kava kava, so you may need to look into that a little bit more. Um, but if you're just looking to have it in a tea form, um, if you speak to a herbalist or a naturalist, they will give you some more information, but it is an option. Um, it has been shown to have some beneficial sleep properties in it. Okay, so, and then lastly, there are some nutrients that can help you with sleep. That by consuming these during the day, you will get a better sleep, like vitamin D. You should want to be getting some sunshine during the day, then potassium, um, tryptophan, uh, some magnesium, as we all know, helps with sleep. Um, but if you can just, like, up especially vitamin D, the more sunlight you get in during the day, um, studies have shown the better you will sleep at night. So even aiming for 15 minutes of direct sunlight is going to be a big player in how you get off to sleep. There is a saying um, that goes, how you start your day is how you sleep at night. So maybe something to ponder on. Okay. Try not to overwhelm you. That's part one. I'm going to get into part two. Um, but I'll give you 24 hours maybe. Let me know if you have any more questions that I didn't cover. Okay. Have a great evening everyone. Bye.